hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in time and anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. Up the My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. On this week's show, I'm speaking with the man who's steering Waterford Camogie toward Crow Park. But first, I'm chatting with a Tipperary hurling legend ahead of another titanic clash with Galway. I'm Sean Connolly, and this is Sportsbeat Extra. Five counties, one big sports show. Sportsbeat Extra. Tipperary and Galway meet in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship quarter-final at 6.15, and I'm delighted to be joined by two-time winner with the Premier, Michael Cleary. Today's meeting has history. The sides meeting 15 times since 1987, and 11 of those meetings were decided by a solitary point. Are you expecting more of the same today, Michael? I am, Sean, yeah. It's it's an extremely difficult game to call. And um, I, 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 the, the, the bookies seldom get it wrong and they have it a, a dead heat as well. So it, it's extremely difficult to call I as a tip man. And maybe if I try to be a small bit neutral, I'm slightly favouring tip because I think we may have a better pool of forwards that can score. Uh, other than that, the teams are very even. Galway obviously um, just came up short in the Leinster final, a dramatic late goal. Um, Tip seemed to be cruising and then hit a wobble against Waterford and have got back on the horse to some extent against Offaly. But I suppose um, the jury would be out to some extent on Tip uh, as regards have they got fully got back on the horse. And we know Galway will be hugely, hugely committed, I'm sure, under the management. Uh, losing the Leinster final, I'm sure, was something that, that hurt them dearly. And they'll want to redress that. And ultimately, I suppose every team, provincial honours are nice, but every team chases the Holy Grail of the All-Ireland Final. And that's where Tip and Galway are very much. Obviously, Tip come into today's encounter off the back of that utter mauling against Offaly. And Galway then have the heartbreak of defeat with the last puck of the ball. As someone who's been there and done it, do you think that that's going to have a large play in terms of mentality? Will Galway be hurting? Will this be something that they will be dragging in today with them or will they just be eager to forget that and atone for what happened against Kilkenny? Yeah, I think as a group they'll be hurting. I've no doubt there will be a little bit little bit of deep down, maybe a bit of self-questioning, self-doubt. However, um, speaking I suppose as an ex-player, um, when you take the field and you get, you know, you get on the bus and you're heading into the ground and the crowd and so on and so forth, you, you forget all that. It becomes another big game. And again, you know, one of these huge games that typically takes on a life of its own. So by the time the players certainly get out on the field, if not in the dressing room, they've totally forgot in both cases, be a tip the Offaly match or be a Galway, the defeat against Kilgenny. This this game stands entirely on its own merits. But in the run into it, there's no doubt Galway will have been a bit deflated by losing in the manner of which they did against Kilkenny, no doubt. But as I said, come come, give it an hour's time or even at this stage now, it's it's a distant memory for Galway. And as someone who has locked horns with them on many occasions, how would you class Galway's principles as a hurling county? I have to say, I don't think it has changed. I've always found them hugely physical, um, very fiercely determined, fiercely physical, um, maybe not... I suppose have the silk and hurling skills maybe generally although I have to say they're the highest quality hurlers but in general I would have thought they were a hugely physical team and you knew when you were playing Galway you certainly knew the day after playing Galway that very physical very determined um, very direct style of hurling actually I suppose back in the day um, 
I was coming at the end of that great Galway team headed up by the great half-back line that's not Tony Keady is no longer with us and they were very very physical very determined and um, that was, was a great great Galway team so I, I just came in at the end of that and they were in, in the early stages then of putting a new team together backed by I suppose the two Joes Joe Rabbit and Joe Cooney they were the main stays of that team but uh, I think the common denominator for my life time of playing against and watching Galway hurling is a very direct no-nonsense manly style of hurling that's how I would sum up Galway um, and I mean you, you said it there Sean did you say 15 meetings since 1987 and, right. and only a point and the one that stands out for me is 2010 um, that was a heroic heroic game that, that, that just sticks in my, long in my memory and Tip got out by a point Larry Corbett got a late two late scores was it I think and um, I remember there was oh, the Galway lads slag was here because geographically we're quite near to them being Port Tumlin and Nina they're only 20 minutes away but for years afterwards they spoke about Ali Canning got a late injury controversial tackle uh, that had robbed Galway of potentially all, an All-Ireland final appearance um, so yeah uh, again I'm back to my original statement of two or three minutes ago I see this as, as a 50-50 and um, I, I've nothing to suggest, but but Galway are one team, Sean. I must say uh, that periodically Galway just hit the streak of form, and they literally would beat the pick of Ireland on that day. Galway can't predict it; nobody can predict it. As I said, they've done it to Kilkenny. Was it two thousand and fourteen? Was it? Um, they did it to Tip in the league final in two thousand and seventeen. Was it? But over the years, Galway have just showed up, typically in the semi-finals in the old format, come from nowhere and be a highly fancy Kilkenny or Munster champion team and that 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 threat is always there with Galway they've, they've done it as I said almost once a decade in my lifetime and beyond so like Galway could just show up and, and blow anybody out of the water in the semi-final or a quarter-final that's 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 in their nature and, and they've done it before yeah I couldn't agree more with you and it's it's why it makes it such an interesting encounter that's nearly upon us now, one thing that stands for Tipperary is that Jason Ford returned it against Offaly. Looked very comfortable striking from play and from the dead ball. Just how pivotal do you think he is to Tipperary's championship credentials in 23? Um, I think Liam Cahill is putting a new team together. And yeah. um, irrespective of the results this evening and irrespective of what transpires over the next four to five weeks, um, I think Tip under Liam Cahill are going to grow over the next year or two. Jason Ford is a long-established Top class inter county player. Um, I think Tip have 16, 17, 18. By this time next year, I'd say they'll have 23 or 4. So Tip can't afford really to lose a Jason Ford, a Jake Morris, a Mark Hugh, any of the top guys we saw against Waterford when they're missing one or two of those. Uh, the replacements maybe just aren't at the standard yet that they will be. That they're not fully, fully blooded yet. So of course, Jason Ford having him back in, in, in the fold is a huge, huge benefit to Tipperary because, number one, for his place balls, he's he's of the highest calibre free tackle we've seen in the last 20, 30 years. And secondly, um, something that he would have been criticised for three, four years ago that he didn't wasn't that prolific from play. But my God, in the last two, three years, um, he's three, four, five scores a game from play on top of... He's he's in double digits every day, but uh, eight, nine, ten. Days. So yeah, um, yes, Tip needs right in twenty twenty three. Tip needs Jason Ford, Jake Morris, and all the big, all the big names in the forward line. They just we don't have the strength in Tip yet. Tip yet, as a new team is developed. But having said that, uh, where do you develop? You develop on the field of play. So maybe one of the you know Connor Statham or. I don't know, is Connor Bow and the you know all these guys at some point they're going to be, become the new 
Jason Fords and they're only they're not going to become those players sitting on the sideline. It's only through game time and, and you grow minutes in championship hurling, you can grow in years, you know. So um look there will be probably unlikely heroes emerge out of this evening's game. Hopefully they'll be on the tip side from our point of view. Mm-hmm. But that's the nature of championship hurling, as I said, unlikely heroes heroes emerge, boys become men and so on and so forth and men become legends uh, in games like this, you know. Absolutely. And one final thing I want to ask you. The topic of competition this year is huge, and many people believe that Limerick are starting to look human. Now, they await in the semi-final alongside Kilkenny. Is it anybody's to win this year, or is it hard to look past the Treaty County once more? Oh, sure, look, I, I've been locally here discussing with different people. If I was down to my last five, I'd put it on Limerick, but there's no doubt either they've come back to the pack, and I honestly think they've come back a small little bit, but uh, allied with that, teams are figuring out how to play them a bit um, I mean it, it, it's it's incredible what Limerick are doing since 2018 and effectively the same bunch of players are being put to the pin of their collar day after day after day after day and Clare are the only team that have turned them over and Kilkenny in what six years now Yeah, I mean, I mean that they are truly truly a team of the edges um, having said that I think everybody's left has a a realistic and and isn't fully entitled to consider themselves contenders because on any any given day everybody's left can beat somebody else. But if I was down to my last five, I'd still be throwing it on Limerick. Well, I can't ask any more than that, Michael. An absolute pleasure. Enjoy the game this evening. Thanks very much. We'll do, Sean. Tracking sport across the southeast. Following comprehensive victories over Offaly and Limerick in their opening two rounds at a Glen Dimplex Senior All-Ireland Camogie Championship, Waterford awaits the visit of another undefeated side in Antrim on the opening weekend of July. I am very pleased to welcome Dacia manager Sean Power to today's show to digest the rise of this very powerful team. Sean, following an opening day mauling of Offaly, you highlighted the necessity for improvement. Were you happier with the performance in Capamore last weekend? Uh, hi, Sean. Um, I suppose, um, yeah, there were, were there were things that we identified post awfully that we needed to improve on. Um, if we have designs on going a lot further in this competition, and uh, some of those things things we did we did implement in the Limerick game, which was which was very uh, satisfying from my point of view. But also, I, I do think that the Limerick performance was was anything but perfect, and there's other you know, elements that came from, from the Limerick game that we need to work on as well. But it, it's great to to have the opportunity to go through these games, win them, uh, one would say comfortably, I would say not quite, but one would say comfortably, and be continuing to learn about yourself and learn what you need to work on. So awfully, awfully was one challenge that we had a lot to learn from. We we did learn it. We we modified some of the things that we needed to work on for Limerick, which worked. But also Limerick presented its own challenges, and there's some other areas of of improvement we we identified from Limerick, and we're working on those now at the moment. Taking the two fixtures as a whole, do you feel that the response has laid to rest the disappointment against Tipperary in the Munster Championship? You know, that's a good one. Um, well, we, we were like. Uh, you know when when you've been having a good year and uh, you you come up against an incredible outfit like Tipperary and they uh, you know they beat you handsomely you know on the day that that kind of uh, results in pain baggage that you carry forward 
Um, and and we had to wait another month to play a competitive game against Offaly post the Tipperary game. So it's a long time waiting around, Sean, for a match when you, you're carrying a bit of pain. So um, I suppose in one sense, we, we, we would have loved to have gone out the following week after Tipperary and play someone quickly and get that off or cast that kind of feeling off our shoulders. But it, it didn't happen like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, playing another couple of matches and winning them is is makes you feel better. It does, uh, but the manner in which we were defeated by Tipperary still lingers on in the room. I, I'm, I have to be honest and say that that still is the case. Okay, well, if anything, it can provide incentive in moving forward. And as we do move forward, we touch on round three. But before we touch on Antrim, I want to mention the message of inclusivity that the Camogie Association hopes to share with its Pride round. Just how important do you feel this is in moving forward? Of course, Sean. I mean, I mean, sport is an outlet for for um, for us all in society, where whereby we can we you'd hope it's you know at the at the core of it all is is for fun and enjoyment and inclusivity should involve everybody in society from you know from all different walks of life and and in in the Camogie Association in particular, you have. Um, quite a diverse range of, of um, backgrounds to people playing the game. And again, like the great lever in sport is that we're all kind of equal and, and it should be, it should include everybody. And that encourages, you know, if there is, a, you know, a public support of inclusivity, that, that will allow us to kind of push this sport forward to allow more active participation from, from younger girls across the country. Uh, ultimately, you know, benefiting society overall. So, I mean, it's a, it, it really is a very, very important thing that we should support wholeheartedly. And uh, our girls are no different in Walford. And 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 in in fairness to the other counties, there's there's a there's a huge row in of support across the board on this one. But like it's it's incredibly important. Incredibly important, and it is great to see, especially from the outside looking in, because inclusivity should be front and center in every walk of life, including sport. Now, moving toward the game itself, you're going to be without Lorraine Bray. Huge loss to the team. Is there any indication as to when she's going to be available, Sean? Well, well, we're working on her. I mean, it's um, there's supposed to be no one more frustrated than Lorraine because Lorraine just wants to get back, right? But we just need to be professional in our approach to someone returning from injury. So uh, we've, you know, we've we've got her off the bench in the Offaly game. We got her off the bench for more time in the Limerick game. That's progress. Um, it would be irresponsible for me to say that Lorraine is is 100% now and that if we were playing tomorrow that she's ready to rock and roll for an hour. Uh, but but Lorraine is like Lorraine is very intelligent to know that we need to go through the process here to get her back to where where um, she's a she's at a comfortable level to to engage in that sort of that challenge you know actively. Um, but we're make, we're making good progress, you know. She's coming on great. She's you know she's great. She's a great girl to work with. She really does, you know. She's taking her rehab very very seriously. She takes all the medical advice she's getting from her medical team very seriously. And we're making progress, which is which is which is great. In relation to Clara Griffin and Abby Flynn also recovering from injuries, is that a substantial or is it more or less the same? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, we're again we're making progress on all, all of them, Sean. I mean, I like. <laughs> I, I was joking there two weeks ago with another journalist saying I had 
I had a squad of 32 girls for six months with no injuries. And then uh, in, in the month leading into knockout, six of them are injured. Like, we, we, it, it could only happen to in Waterford, right? But, uh, and, and the six players, without, with, with all due respect to them, are absolutely key and crucial to anything you know, positive we want to do this year. That's the, but as I've said before, and I'll say it again, that's sport, you know, you, you kind of deal with it. Uh, the fact that we have a couple of weeks in between uh, these injuries popping up and knockout championship is helpful. Um, but Clara and uh, Abby are the same. They're making good progress as well. And and um, Clara's is more of a longer term one than, than the other ones. But again, again, she's, she's a, great girl to work with taking the medical direction very seriously you know she's she's doing what she needs to do and I'd be very hopeful for both of them as well that we, we'll see them on the field very soon hopefully okay fantastic and you mentioned the squad and Annie Fitz has been splitting her time between codes would you expect to have her available for the crunch time this year oh yeah of course yeah so it's um it's it's not an easy station she has but she's been dealing with it very well we, uh, we, we, Annie and I keep our lines of communication open, and uh, we're very honest. And I'm, I'm very cognizant of what else she has on her, on her uh, athletic plate at the moment as well. And we, you know, she's, she's been, for, she's been minded quite well, um, and she's, she's a crucial part of, um, of the ladies' football squad and our squad as well. And um, you know, we, we've, we've yet to see um, something that that has really kind of hampered either of our, you know, squad preparations for matches. Uh, and we've been lucky in a sense. And hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get the next couple of weeks out of her and that she's happy to be, to, to balance between both. It's uh, it's not easy, but she's been doing quite well so far. With certainty now over a quarterfinal place, already mindset heading into the game against Antrim. Uh, good, yeah. Um, we're, we're very positive camp. As far as we're concerned, um, we, we we kind of we have good lines of communication between management and players. We have a good knowledge of where we need to work on. Um, you know, in terms of squad, we are very happy with our players that are available to us. They're you know they're a credit to their, to their clubs and their families and their county. And um, you know, looking forward, then Antrim will present its own challenge. You kind of want to to go into knockout championship, you know, with a, with a clean slate, with with you know confidence that what you have, uh, you're equipped to take on you know more significant challenges in knockout championship. So we're approaching this Antrim game very very seriously indeed, as they are as well. Uh, we we played them a couple of months back in, in up in Antrim. We were looking to come out of the north with a victory. That's not an easy thing to do. You can ask any Waterford manager about going up there, but Antrim have improved you know, a huge amount since that game as well. They were missing a couple of players when we went to play them. And they'll want to get one back on us as well. So I'm looking forward to a good game. Um it, like it, what what we, we would um what's very uh, exciting for us, Sean, is that this is our only home game of the All Ireland series. The girls are going very, very well. Uh the weather is is, is fantastic in Waterford at the moment. Um, there's not many Waterford flags flying left uh, in terms of GEA. This is one of them. And I would really kind of urge anybody who has the capacity to get out to Carrigan or to the arena um, Saturday next week to, to go and support these girls because they're, they're absolutely fantastic. They're, you know, they're a wonderful, 
bunch of role models for every every young boy or girl in the county. And um, you know, they, they put on that jersey with a huge sense of pride. And uh, anyone who, who had the capacity or time to support them, I would I would urge them to do that because you know they're worthy of of our support. Yeah, I'd echo that sentiment very much so. And Bet Carden continued her imperious career with her 100 score for the county against Limerick. How much of an achievement is this, and just how vital is she in 2023? Yeah, yeah she's 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 a central cog to to uh, to where we want to go. Um, you know, a hundred a hundred. 100 championship points in the or sorry, uh, sorry 100 scores in the, in in a season is just you know i mean that's it's an incredible rate of scoring um she's she's a joy to work with Sean she really is uh you know she's a pro in every sense of the word uh, in terms of her preparation her training her attitude um her skill levels her strength everything you know what she brings to to the squad is is invaluable. We're very lucky to have her in Waterford, um, and 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 a nicer, more humble player you couldn't meet. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You know, she really is a gem. Finally, I just want to ask: it'll be the sixth straight year in the knockout stages, with only one successful trip past the quarterfinals. Is that something that this group are confident in banishing, with hopes of following up on last year's run? <laughs> Oh yeah, well, I suppose if if we weren't, we'd, we something would be very wrong, um, you know. But but confidence and execution are two very different things, Sean. Like we are confident that we can do it, uh, but you can be you can be very sure that there are other counties that are confident that they can do it, right? And and so what we need to do is we need to to uh, to have more than them on a particular day. Uh, we we need you know sometimes you need a bit of luck as well. Um, are we confident we can do it? We are very confident we could do it, but that won't be enough. Like because uh, what you're up against, you know, the presumption will be that they've done the same amount of work that we've done. Um, you know, hopefully we've we've done some more uh, than they have, and uh, hopefully we get a run on that particular day. But a lot of it is down to when all things are equal in in, in elite sport at that this sort of level. It's all about whether you know it ran for you did on that particular day against the other team, whether you know all sorts of vari- variables were in your favour, whether. Um, you know, you, you're mentally, mentally that particular morning you woke up and you were in a good spot. Um, you know, there's all sorts of variables that that you will need to go your way in order to progress. And uh, but you know, the, the tools are there, the confidence is there, the belief is there that we can do it, and we just hope that the variables that are that are aligned on that particular day for us to do it. Sean, that's fantastic. Thanks ever so much for your time and the very best with the remainder of the championship. Thanks a million, Sean. Take care. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. That is everything for today as we prepare for the crunch clash between Tipperary and Galway at quarter past six. Keep your messages coming through our socials and your emails to sport at beat102103.com. Beat Anthems is coming right up after this message for every club across the region. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy. The solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie Do you fancy winning a grand for your club? Well, with Beats Club Focus, you can. Each month I jump in the car and I visit a club in the region. I give them a chance to take their place in the limelight to feature on air, online and across all of our socials. What's even better is that at the end of the 12 months, 
one of the lucky clubs will bag themselves €1,000 bursary, and that will come through a public vote. Club Focus is part of Beat's ongoing commitment to support the work that local clubs do, while also celebrating the positive impact that you all have on your local communities. So if you want to get your club involved, head to beat102103.com forward slash club focus to apply now. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy, the solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie